Hi everyone and welcome to the Going International podcast. This third episode of the series, we're welcoming Devesh Sunyal, a partner in our Grant Horton Indian offices today to talk a bit about doing business in India. Welcome Devesh and please do introduce yourself. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. Thank you very much for the brief introduction and uh, it's great to be here. Uh, my name is Devesh Unyal. Uh, I am a partner and leader of CFO services at Grant Thornton Bharat. I have been associated with Grant Thornton for more than 20 plus years now and my expertise is finance function transformation and creating finance of the future for our clients. I also support large organizations uh, in India and international uh, managing the finance and tax and regulatory functions for them, uh, basically a complete outsourcing model that we work with. Very good. Thanks for that, Devesh. Uh, so tell us, what brings business to India in general? Well, that's a great question. Uh, India, you know, is one of the fastest growing major economies in the world today. Uh, we are the sixth largest economy in the world and uh, economists predict that we will be third largest economy and the third largest consumer market by 2030. Right? That itself is something that uh, people need to think. Uh, India's GDP growth stands at around 9.2% in FY22 and uh, the, as per the latest economic survey, it will be around 8 to 8.5% in FY23. So that's a lot of opportunities for people to actually invest in India. Uh, additionally, you know, there's a stable government which is focused on economic and social reforms, which, which gives a lot of confidence to the people who are investing in India that their money is safe, right? Uh, we expected to attract around $100 billion in FDI in FY2023, which will be one of the largest FDI investments happening in any of the countries. Uh, India's ranking also as to the ease of doing business, because that's the major concern people have that, you know, in India, doing business is not that easy. If I was to give you some stats, uh, you know, we were ranked at 100 in FY, FY2017, where the ranking was 100, and today, in 2022, we are ranked 63rd, which is like 37-point jump in just five years. So I think that's that's amazing. And the kind of reforms that are happening in India, this this uh, ranking is only going to go better. That's very uh, interesting statistics that you've shared there. Um, and and in terms of those economic reforms, like what is it? What why is that happening? And and can you share that detail with us? I think, like you said, you know, the government is very stable. The government is very focused on economic reforms. Uh, the government is uh, launching multiple schemes like Make in India, which is a major national program of the government of India designed to facilitate investment, foster innovation, enhance skill development and build best-in-class manufacturing facilities in the country. And uh, there are other schemes like Atman Nirbhar Bharat, uh, which basically means self-reliant India. Uh, which is a vision of a prime minister to make India a self-reliant nation. Uh, there are other multiple uh, schemes that the government has launched, like Skill India Mission, which aims to train around 400 million people in India in different skill sets by 2022-23. So today, and if you look at the you know overall uh, focus that the in India India has, it's become a powerhouse in terms of technology innovation and is recognized as the major force in global technology innovations, alongside US and Canada. Uh, we have amazing trade networks today, uh, given the kind of uh, work that the government is doing. We have well-regulated financial systems. Yeah, and, and, and I think that is really, really powerful information there because obviously it's opening a world of opportunities for businesses um, in India. So thank you very much for sharing. In terms of the doing business in, in India, can you share with us a couple of disaster stories, maybe without, you know, naming names or a few tips to avoid them? Um, 
if you could share that with the audience, it would be great. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I know that we've seen clients face a lot of uh, issues uh, when they come to India in terms of the, you know, they, when they underestimate the local complexities relating to tax and government policies. I mean, that's one big area people need to really think about. Uh, if you see, if I give you some stats around the Indian regulatory environment, there are more than 65,000 compliances. There are 6,000 plus forms that need to be filed with the regulatory, multiple regulatory authorities, right? Uh, if you see, you know, some stats around what kind of penalties could be there. So 26,000 compliances out of those 65,000 lead to imprisonment, which is which is very serious, right? Uh, we have a compliance management solution. And in the last 12 months, if I see the stats on that solution, there have been around 12,000 regulatory changes, updates, notifications, you know, something of those sort that has been released by the government, which is actually 30 per day. So someone to keep track of those 30 per day regulatory changes or notifications, etc., is a humongous task. So I think when, whenever you actually with coming to India, setting up businesses in India, uh, do-it-yourself approach really will not work, uh, which leads to creation of gaps and which may be difficult and expensive to recover out of. So I think those are some of the things where people really need to think. Uh, they need to take support from the experts there. That is a really interesting point uh, you touched there in terms of that solution that you spoke about. For people on this call, um, that is actually a tool developed to ensure the full compliance with the requirements in India, which can be quite complex. And therefore, it's very interesting to have that solution already in place that people um, can make use and leverage of. I've seen it myself as well, um, and it know it's providing great detail and an advantage for sure in terms of ensuring that you are ahead of the curve from a compliance perspective. So thanks for sharing that. And how are we helping? How is Grant Thornton able to ensuring that the plan is correct from the outset? See, Grant Thornton Bharat is a full service firm, right? Uh, we guide our clients from setting up businesses to raising capital to managing regulatory changes all that regulatory environment that is going through multiple changes in India. Oh, basically, you know, one-stop shop, which cares for our clients uh, on all aspects, is what I would like to put it. Uh, what we want is for the client, the important part for them is to focus on their business. Uh, they don't want to be, you know, pulled into these regulatory works, etc., and non-core activities, as I would term them. So we try and provide pragmatic solutions which allow the client to focus on doing business. Or rather than getting pulled into these local complexities of the regulatory uh, aspects, etc. And uh, which also, change by region. Yes. yes. And you know, also supporting and availing benefits uh, of multiple. So the government of India today is launching multiple schemes uh, just to attract uh, investment from outside India. Now, everybody may not be aware of those uh, schemes, those new uh, setups, tax havens, etc. So we help our business uh, clients in structuring those uh, uh, the, the way they want to set up their entities. Uh, we help them be uh, compliant with those local requirements. Uh, we help them with solutions where they can structure their organizations to take optimum benefit of these schemes that the government is launching. Like I said, you know, the Make in India and the Atmanir Bharat schemes are great schemes. And, uh, you know, some of those some of the people who want to invest in India can actually take benefit from them. But not everybody is aware of what's happening in those schemes. So those are some of the aspects that we cover for our clients. Very good. Very good. Thanks for sharing. And if I ask of you, what are the three key compliance must knows from an accounting and tax perspective for businesses today? What would you say the focus needs to be on? 
I think for me, the focus is all on regulatory. Like I said, you know, India is going through a regulatory change. Uh, there is a lot of regulatory cholesterol in the system right now. And India is trying to streamline that so that the ease of doing business uh, matrix can even go further better. Uh, there are a lot of changes that are happening with GST and the withholding tax compliances. Uh, there are multiple policies uh, that are there which, which needs to be changed, right? Uh, secretarial labor compliances are very humongous in India. People should be aware of what needs to be done because any labor law compliance which is not done immediately leads to significant penalties in India, even to the extent that you know business closures could be could be the large could be an impact could be impacted. Uh, setting up a business in India takes time, and just registration process I would tell you takes a couple of months. Uh, additionally, structuring the business from day one, like I said, in terms of the schemes, in terms of what you want to do. Uh, is very, very critical to the success of the business. Uh, whether you want, uh, you know, the liaison office format, you want a subsidiary, you want a branch office, what kind of formats are you going to actually create in India? How do you want to enter India is very important to know uh, at, the, at the initial. Accounting, I would say we are in line with the international standards. Uh, IFRS is what we've uh, also adopted. Of course, mm. in certain industries, it has been customized for certain things, but largely IFRS, and we call it INDAS which is not very far from my first. Okay, okay, noted. And thank you for sharing that detail because particularly the setting up of businesses in India from the outside, I've experienced myself in terms of how much it can be a lengthy process. And so it's important that people are planning ahead for that. There are certain specific steps to be followed and, and it's important to give it sufficient time. So thank you for sharing that detail. And in relation to upcoming changes for businesses already operating in India, and you've touched already a few during this podcast, maybe can you give a little bit more detail in terms of the new regulations for the existing companies that are operating in India to be aware of and starting preparing for? That'd be great. Right. I think the biggest reform that I see that's happening, uh, which could impact most of the business, rather I would say every business is the new labor law regulations that are going to come in India now. These were supposed to be implemented last year, but they got deferred because of COVID and, you know, multiple timelines were shared. Uh, what, what the government is basically trying to do is there are around 29 labor laws, which the government wants to merge into four different codes now. And they made significant changes to these regulations in terms of you know, how they want to manage their people, what kind of work over time, etc. There are a lot of policies that have come in. Uh, they're called basically the Code of Wages, uh, Code on Industrial Relations, relations uh, Code on Occupational uh, Safety, Health and Working Conditions, and the last code is the Social Security part. So this is going to be a significant change which is going to impact almost all organizations. Uh, the second is on the ESG, which is the Environment, Social and Governance Disclosures. Uh, mm. I tell you, India India has pledged to achieve a zero net zero emission by 2070, and hence an introduction of comprehensive sustainability and ESG related disclosures for companies, uh, so that they look beyond traditional financial matrix. Right, uh, right now everything is financial matrix, but what about the environment, social, the governance disclosures? So that's coming up very, you know, significant disclosure, significant changes happening there in India around that. Uh, it is it is also you know very highly consequential for the investors. So today, if suppose uh, someone wants to invest in your company, they would ask you for an ESG report in terms of how are you doing, what are you doing, uh, how are you ensuring that the environment is safe socially in terms of your people, your clients, how are your policies and procedures around that, in terms of governance structure, how transparent are the governance structures. All that is very, very, you know, 
in the mind of the investors today. Uh, Absolutely. The other thing, I mean, yeah, I mean, ESG is across the globe, but India is adopting it now. Uh, for a lot of companies, it's mandatory uh, disclosure. Uh, but like I said, the private equity and the investors are significantly looking at these reports now, which is which is a new norm for us. Uh, I would say the other one is, like I said, taxation, right? That's ever evolving. That's ever changing. So I don't think so. I'll leave that out of my top three priorities. But tax is constantly changing and need to be, you know, we need to be prepared for further changes, new government schemes, etc. We need to be abreast with those with those changes. No, absolutely. Businesses do need to have the time to address how they're going to disclose the sustainability in future because it's coming. It's here now um, and it hits us very, very fast. This is great. Thanks so much um, for, you know, all the insight that you've provided today, Devesh. It's been a pleasure working with you and I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation. Thank you, Krishna. It was a pleasure being here and thank you once again for this podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Do go on to our website for more information on how do you know what to look for when doing business in India and uh, stay tuned for the next podcast. Have a lovely day.